Hi, listener. Welcome to And the Beat Goes On, Dating After Divorce. This is Jackie Trammell here, one of your hosts. Thank you so much for checking out our show. We're really proud of what we've done, and we can't wait for you to hear it. This really and truly has been a labor of love, both for me and for my co-host, Dion, who you'll meet in a minute. One of the things we're most proud of is that we've created every episode of this podcast all on our own. Yep, even that tricky technical sound stuff. Well, it's tricky for me, and I'm your technician. So that really was the biggest learning curve for me getting into this. And what that means is that some of these first episodes, the sound quality isn't as smooth as as I would like it to be. But trust me, it does get better. So while we would love for you to hear these first few episodes in their entirety, we understand that the sound might be a little too challenging. So if you prefer, feel free to jump ahead to say episode five, and the sound is, is much better by then. Otherwise, if you think you can power through, we would love for you to hear these early episodes, and we'd really love to hear from you and get your feedback. What do you think? Anyway, thank you so much for choosing our show. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome back to And the Beat Goes On, Dating After Divorce. You are here with Jackie Trammell and Dion McDonald. Hi. And we are talking today in our third episode mm. about tainted love. Tainted love, otherwise known as married men get out of the dating pool. Thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> um, but before we dive in, we actually had a few things that we wanted to cover beforehand because it wouldn't be a Dion and Jackie podcast if we didn't <laughs> say some introductory comments. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, today we are recording from actually the genesis of where Dion and I became friends. Which so, at some point, by the way, we need to talk about that story. Maybe not today. Maybe not today. Maybe not today. But Dion and I got to know each other because we work um, part-time at this wonderful winery in Woodenville called Castillo de Feliciana. Mm-hmm. And they have graciously allowed us to use their space today to do this recording. If you are in Woodenville and want to try some really yummy wine and possibly meet up with Dion and or myself <laughs> which would really be the point of coming here and the wine of course I I venture to say if you happen to come in and mention the podcast on a day that I'm pouring I'll buy you a glass of wine oh listen to that yeah okay. I'm not going to speak for Dion but I'll speak for me <laughs> I definitely would as well um and right now Jackie and I are drinking their brilliant Briante, which is their sparkling Albarino, and it is phenomenal. So good. One of um, both of our yeah, favorites. Of our favorite. And honestly, the sparkling is kind of Dion's and my thing. So every time we get together before one of these episodes to prep for you guys, we actually share a <laughs> bottle of sparkling. Usually it's a cava mm-hmm. and do our planning. So um, if we seem extra bubbly today, this uh, is why. <laughs> We're always bubbly, Jackie. Come and <laughs> I just wanted to say this because I thought last week it was so cool that I got to share that we were um, being listened to in 11 countries. And then I did another look at some of the analytics uh-huh. of our podcast, and we are now in... How many? How many? How many? How many? 23 countries. Woo! It's amazing. Oh my goodness. We are truly an international sensation. We now. really are, <laughs> and that's super exciting. And um, one, of, one of our biggest fans is my mother, Carol with a K. Okay, but she's your biggest fan in... 
all things. I adore your mom. She always has something supportive and positive to say no matter what. <laughs> True. And you know what? I do love my mom. And how many women could say that they're doing a podcast on love and dating and, yes, sex? And, and that, use the F-bomb. And, and I did. I dropped the F-bomb several times, but in a good way. Right. You know, it's not like... Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. But how many women could say that their mother is their biggest fan in the podcast? So Carol with a K, that's her name, Carol with a K, um, never use a C, but Carol with a K texted me with a very important question. Um, she's... She was a little confused by my story last week when I was talking about the profile picture where the gentleman had the largest bong I'd ever seen. And her text went something like this. So, I thought I knew what a bong was, but then you said that the man was naked from the waist up. So I realized that I really didn't know what you were talking about. I love your mom. <laughs> so for those of you who are not familiar with the term, it does in fact mean a large device used for smoking marijuana and not what my mother and possibly other people thought it meant. Um, so she was thinking other words that end, rhyme or end in ong, like schlong <laughs> or dong. Apparently she thought that's what I was talking about. So thanks for asking mom and letting me clear up the confusion. Although it would be interesting, like if a guy's <laughs> profile picture included something like that, that you could see from the waist up, that could be <sighs> a positive. I'm sorry. Bubbles out the nose. <clears throat> Right. So that leads me to the point, which is, Mother, thank you for asking that very important question and allowing me to clear up the confusion. And if anyone else has any questions about things that we're discussing, feel free to reach out. Post them on our Facebook page. Yeah. Ask us because we would like you to reach out and we want to be able to explain these things that might be a little confusing. Because if Carol with a K has a question, you might too. So, and in and this on the topic of yeah. parents, I told you this the other day, but I finally came clean and told my parents about the podcast. And they were supportive. I don't know that they're super excited to listen, which I can respect. <laughs> I totally get it. Um, my daughter doesn't really want to listen. She wants. She's um, so excited that I'm doing it. She tells okay. me she's really proud of me okay. for doing it, but she's like, I don't know that I want to hear your dating stories. I mean, that's that's it's fair. super it's fair. Totally fair. So, but it was a big relief because now I don't feel like I'm hiding this no. big, deep, dark secret because from my parents. I kept tagging Jackie in all these pictures on Facebook, and she finally said, "D." My parents don't even know. And I was like, well, girlfriend. They know now. They know now. <laughs> so anyway, parents yes. are all on board. Yes. So it's not a secret. No. Everyone knows. Um, so today's topic we mentioned earlier, we have titled this episode, Tainted Love. Mm. Whoa. Great song. Um, it is a great song. I... Side note, um, when I was in gymnastics in high school, there was a girl from one of the rival high schools who... Were you a gymnast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. We talked about that last we episode. <laughs> but there was a girl who did her uh, floor routine to all the, um, the just the musical parts, the non-lyrical parts of Tainted Love. And I can still, every time I hear the song Tainted uh, Love, I picture this girl in her green leotard. Ooh. She was from Redmond High School. I don't know her name. Um, but she did her gymnastics, her floor routine to Tainted Love, and I always thought, God, that's the coolest thing well, ever. Well, that's a much more positive um, connection. Yes. Than, I wasn't even thinking what right. Tainted Love was. Well, who was back in high school? So go ahead and explain to everyone how we're going to do this today. Well, we were thinking, you know, Jackie and I like to make this a very spontaneous conversational style, but we also like to have just a skosh. 
of uh, organization, just so mm -hmm. you kind of have an idea of where we're heading. We have an idea of where we're heading. So we were talking about this topic. We've, we've talked many times about the topic of married men. Oddly, it comes up I know, more than you might strange. want it to. <laughs> <laughs> right, and not the men that we've been married to, but other people's yes. spouses. Um, and again, remember, like I said before, we are speaking from our perspective, women who have dated men, but this could easily go in either direction, as we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so we were talking about our experiences in this realm, and we realized that there are certain ways in which our experiences have been very similar and other ways in which our experiences have been very different. So we thought that we would start off talking about um, this idea of married men in the dating pool in ways that we've experienced it very differently. So that's kind of where we'll start and then we'll go into more of the similarities. And then we'd really like to talk about some takeaways. Like, what have we learned from this? Maybe things that we can share. Um, things that you can look out for when you're out there in the <laughs> dating pool. And also, again, we don't want to come up, we don't want this to come across as we're saying all married men are jerks and they're trying to get some. We've just experienced certain situations. We've experienced, yeah. True. So again, and, and as we've tried to say and, and use as our disclaimer on each episode, these are our experiences. Right. Um, and neither one of us is trying to generalize this to men suck or <laughs> married men suck or right. whatever. Um, it's just uh, the tale of us and our yes. stories. So and, and the tainted love that we've experienced. The, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so Jackie, I know that um, you've... You've had some interesting experiences with married men, and this is something that I personally can't empathize with because I have not experienced this particular type of married man interaction, but why don't you talk about this a little bit more? So what she means, this type, is the, <laughs> the type where the man is married but is lying about it, and that's the stuff. What's funny about that, Dan, is I see that on... TV shows and in movies and, yeah. and, and it seems so sensational that it's not likely, like that could never happen to me. Honestly, before I heard your stories, I would always think that, oh, come on, who falls for that? Me, evidently. <laughs> me. Right. And it's, and it's funny because, because, so the first time that it happened to me, I met a very handsome gentleman at an airport of all places. Oh. You know, I was traveling for work and, yeah. um, and I was taking a break from some of my coworkers at the time. It had been a really long trip together, and I just needed a little break. So I went into this airport bar, and I was watching a baseball game. And this really attractive man came in and struck up a conversation with me. And I thought, because well, who could resist a, a hot woman watching sports? Honestly. Right. Well, yeah, here was know, the sad on. part because it was. I remember very clearly <laughs> the Mariners were playing the that Cubs. Is the sad part. I know. Sorry. <laughs> The, the Mariners were playing the Cubs, and I was watching the TV <laughs> because I am a lifelong Mariners fan. And um, this gentleman was like, oh, are you a Cubs fan? And I kind of hung my head and was like, no, I'm a Mariners fan. Wait, were you in Seattle? No, I was in oh. an airport in Dallas. Okay, and, okay. so that's And he happened to be flying through Dallas to his next destination, mm -hmm. and that's where we met was in this bar. We instantly had a lot of things in common. Um, the industries that we were in, um, 
kind of where we were in life. Um, I was relatively recently divorced. He was about to be divorced. His okay. divorce was so close to being final. Just one little piece of paper away from from being final. So he did disclose that to you? Oh, right out of the gate. And he was not wearing a ring? No, he was not wearing a ring. Okay. And then, so we became Facebook friends right there on the spot. And then he started messaging me through Facebook. Okay. And then we switched to texting. And then... He even went so far as to fly. He lived in South Florida, and he flew all the way out here to visit me and spent a couple of days hanging out with me. And and by hanging out, I'm sorry, by hanging out. Well, you know, it was romantic. Okay. It was romantic. Well, I just needed to clarify that because yeah. hanging out could have been, oh, we're just going to go to a game together. or we're you know? No, no, no. It was okay. very romantic. He got a nice hotel room, okay. and I stayed with him, and um, we went wine tasting, and we... Mm you know, went out to dinners and, and spent two good nights together, just really having a great time. Mm -hmm. And, and then he left and we were, as far as I was concerned, we were in a relationship. He had dropped the L word with me. Stop it. No, he did. When, how long into the relationship he dropped that? It was shortly after that trip. He said, (gasps) he said that. And did you drop it back? Yeah, of course I did. Oh, my gosh. Of course I did. But he did it first. Yeah, he did. Although, later on, he's a gaslighter, right? So later on, he would... He said no. He's like, no, why would you even say that? And I'm like, "Um, okay. He was. He just messed right. with my head a lot. But, but at the time... Yeah, and then I went to Florida for work, and he came and met me um, at the... Where I was, I was I was in the Orlando area. He lived in South Florida, but right. he drove up and, and spent a night with me in Florida, and we had a good time and went out to, like, Disney World and did or Epcot Center and that kind of thing. Did he, in the course of your conversations, did he talk about your future? Did he talk about... Oh, yes. Okay. He, okay. he talked about how, as soon as his divorce was final, he was going to leave Florida. <gasps> he was looking in Kirkland. He was going to buy a condo in Kirkland. And he was just trying to figure out which one he wanted. And what's really funny is early on, after we became, after we started chatting, and it, it was very clearly that this was a flirtatious vibe. So this was after we met, but before he came out to visit. Okay. I asked him because in one of his pictures on his Facebook page, he's wearing a wedding ring. Oh. And I said, um, I got to ask you, I see in your photo that you're wearing a wedding ring, are you married? And he said, no, I am getting divorced. I thought we covered this. I wore that, that picture was taken two years ago and our divorce is almost final. And so, so straight up, you ask him. I asked him point blank, are you married? And he said, no. And, and had a very plausible, plausible, Mm. very believable, Mm. um, excuse for the wedding ring in that photo. So, for a number of different reasons, a lot of them having to do with some narcissism on his part, that relationship was short-lived. After a while, I started realizing this was not an ideal relationship. Never mind the 3,000-mile okay. um, distance. It just, it, he just, he just was, his story had a lot of holes in it at times, right. and he kind of became not nice. And so I just stopped I stopped dating him. Yeah, we just, we ended things. So when did you discover that he had actually been lying to you? So, so the best part was like two weeks after we stopped seeing each other or talking to each other, um, I get a random Facebook message from a woman I've never heard of. 
And she just messages me on Facebook and she's like, hey, I know that you are close with this Florida guy. And um, I just wanted to tell you that I have been his mistress for the last five years. <gasps> and oh, <laughs> I, you weren't the only one. No, he had a wife. And a mistress. <laughs> and so... The, it's like a lifetime movie for women. Oh, it was Seriously. so... I was just like, are real. you kidding me? So, yeah. So he had a, a mistress and she had... She shared with me that she had believed his line mm. that he was going to leave his wife for five years and that it was now clear to her that that was never going to happen. Oh but she had... She believed him to the extent that she went and bought herself a wedding dress She allowed him to run up like $5,000 in credit card debt on her card, which is crazy because he's from means he's, he's, he's got money. Well, he's a sociopath. Or maybe she has money. I'm not sure. Maybe his wife has money. I don't know. I mean, bottom line, like total sociopath. Oh, absolutely. Complete narcissist. So anyway, I just told her, I said, look, I'm not in contact with him anymore. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. I'm no longer in contact with but him. But she confirmed that he was indeed 100% married. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, aren't you, isn't there a part of you that, that feels a little gratified that you, even though you didn't heed those particular warning signs, you still saw something that wasn't going to work for you? Oh, yeah. You didn't fall completely head over heels, madly in love. We're going to get married and have children and live for the rest of our lives. Right. Yeah. I'm grateful. In in your head that was like, eh, something's off. It was very off. Like, he would pick fights with me. Right. And then react like I was fighting with him, even when I was. Like, it's hard to explain. (laughs) I know. And I think they're probably. Yeah, and I think they're probably listeners who've experienced someone who's a gaslighter and can relate. It's hard to explain can unless it's happened to Can we talk about that term? Because we're we're not psychologists, so I I sometimes feel like I throw out I don't know psychology terms or therapy terms because <laughs> let's face it, I've done a ton of therapy. Um, but I think that term gaslighting is something that's a little confusing. It actually comes from an old movie, like from the twenties where basically a man was trying to convince his wife that she was going crazy. And one of the ways he did it is that they had these old gas lamps in their house and he made them flicker all the time. And when she would say, hey, those are flickering, he would say, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. And so over the course of time, he did these types of things to her enough that she literally thought she was going crazy. So that term, gaslighting, has come to basically mean anyone in a relationship that tries to make their partner feel like it's their problem. It's always their problem. They're the one who's crazy. So I just wanted to put that out there because I think I use that term a lot and I've had people look at me like, what are you talking about? But I think it's a common thing that people do, people do in to, relationships. And, and I've talked about that with a friend of mine who had an experience with a, a former partner of hers okay. who did a lot of gaslighting with her. And that's where... In just different ways, right? Just yeah. Like, yeah. To make it look like, no, you're just imagining that. Like, yes. He would say something or do something. And oddly, he was cheating on her. See? So, oh. <laughs> so okay. it does kind of tie into today's right, topic. Right. But yeah. um, the, the point of today wasn't to talk about people no, but from I, the spouse of someone who's cheating's perspective, but rather from the okay. perspective of those of us in the dating pool who, who might need to look out for. But I do think it's, it's really valid to talk about that because I think that sometimes people who 
are trying to lie to you are going to make you feel like you're crazy. And yes. it's your problem. No, you're just reading this wrong. You're misinterpreting it. Like, no. Yeah, so that's definitely what he did. So that was the first time a married man (laughs) got me hooked on um, the the romance of it. And he was very charming and romantic and flattering and all those things right up in in the beginning. And then, you know... Not so much after that. And I was grateful to have gotten out of that experience. Um, yes. And thankfully, it didn't drag on any longer than it did. Mm. And then <laughs> it happened again. But in a very different way. Yes, in a different way. So the second time was actually, a I use the term gentleman loosely. Um <laughs> We'll call him the skipper. Um, when I met him, he, he was doing some online dating. Mm. And his profile and represented... Were. I was too. Yeah, we both were. That's how I met him. Mm. Um, and his profile represented him as being divorced. And I mean, I've gotten to the point with online profiles where if I'm doing online dating and somebody's profile says they're currently separated mm. versus divorced, I will pass because I've had... And it's a whole other topic, but I've had issues with men that I've had relationships with who really weren't quite over their marriages yet. I think that's a really valid point. I've actually had this very similar experiences. And so like you, if I see someone that says, I'm just out of a marriage, I'm like, swipe. Not because there's any judgment around that, but because I know what I'm looking for and it's not someone who's dealing with the shitty aftermath of 20 years of marriage. I, right. I want someone who's kind of been through the healing process and is on their way up. Right, right. And, and I just, you know, I've, I've met some really great people, um, both online and in IRL, in real life, <laughs> um, who, who were wonderful men and, and good partners for yeah. a little while, but ultimately had some big... Um, Issues right. around still healing from their divorce yes. or not ever having gotten over their ex-wife in the right. first place. Right. Um, so I'm yeah pretty okay. cautious about yeah. that. So mm-hmm. that and that's a long way of saying I was very clearly looking at divorced. And so this person represented himself as divorced. We talked about it, literally exchanged text messages about it, talked on the phone about wow. it. The status of his divorce was that within a matter of two weeks from when we started dating, Mm -hmm. his divorce was supposedly going to be final. And Mm -hmm. at that point he was going to be buying a new house and doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I found out about a month later that, that that wasn't true. And you find out (laughs) you're going to have to go into this because so we'd had, we'd had a few good dates Mm. There were definitely some red flags or yellow flags, at least for me, that (laughs) came up in the course of our relationship. Some holes in his story that weren't quite, Mm -hmm. I couldn't quite validate or I just had a hinky feeling about a couple of things. You have good intuition. So you basically listened to your intuition. I but but I didn't. I made the well, conscious choice not to because I thought you're being jaded because of this experience with the Florida guy. Right, right. You're jaded, you're overly skeptical, you've not had any reason not to trust this person so and he's been great. Intuition came knocking and you just I said I I said intuition, intuition come just, back and okay. talk to me later. Because what 
what was your phrase? Oh, so I have this, mm-hmm. for, for those of you who don't know me well, I have this um, philosophy about dating. And hmm. I've always said, if you can get, if I can get my head and my heart and my vagina all in alignment, <laughs> then then that's a good relationship. But what I was leaving out of that equation right. was my was, gut. Was your gut, right. And so what I learned from this experience <laughs> with the skipper was that, I needed to bring, I really needed to include the gut in the picture because my head was choosing to ignore what my gut was telling me and my heart and vagina were off on vacation somewhere. And well, they were in a happy place. <laughs> they were on they a were high, a yeah. really happy place. So, so I just ignored my gut and there were a lot of, you know, without going into too much detail, there were a lot of holes in his story. Um, and then the last time we saw each other... Mm-hmm. Um, he was spending the night with me. I didn't have my kids. I had a night at home alone. He had the night off from all of the travel that he had to do. She had that in quotes, by the way. <laughs> Air quotes. Travel. Air quotes, travel. Um, so it was shocking to me when literally the middle of the night, he leapt out of bed <laughs> and ran for the door. I've never seen anyone get dressed so fast. <laughs> He ran, like, if if it were a cartoon, there would have been a skipper-shaped hole in the door on his way out. And, like, the air puffs in the back, like, he just... Yeah, and we'd been laying there yeah. just trying to fall asleep, and... Did, had he gotten a text? Like, well, I'm imagining, so he, he wears an Apple Watch, uh, so I imagine mm. he did get a text message that wondered, was questioning his whereabouts, <laughs> and... Rightly so. And, and he so. fled from my house, and he had some weird excuse because he'd just been on this international trip and that he was jet lagged and he couldn't sleep and he had all this work to do and he just wanted to get home to to focus on the work he had to do since he couldn't sleep (laughs) right and so it was the next day when I was chatting with a friend of mine Mm -hmm. and I was like this is so weird and then I looked and I had only sent him one text after he left and it was several it was early evening the next day and I was like is everything okay and for those of you who have iPhones, you know that when you send a text message to another iPhone user, it'll tell you when it has been delivered. Right. If it hasn't been delivered, often that's a signal that you're blocked from that person. Okay. So my text message was not delivered. Dang. And so I was like, okay, I think I've been blocked. And we had one, he didn't have any social media, no social media, oh. he has no Facebook account, no Instagram, well, his only social media was LinkedIn and he had connected with me on LinkedIn okay. early on in the relationship. So I thought, okay, clearly he's blocked me on his phone. Mm-hmm. And at this point I'm doing that mental, like, what did I do wrong? Right. That, Which is so interesting, right? How you went there. Oh, right Not there. What the fuck is wrong with this dude for jumping out of my bed in the middle of the night and taking off. But what did I do? What was it about me that what he could not stand to be you? around for even another minute? So that's interesting. It was, yeah, that was, I'm not proud of that, but that's how I no, felt. No, it's and, just funny that, not funny, but interesting that you go there. Right. But of course, we do that. Go ahead. So then, um, so then I looked and, and he had me blocked on LinkedIn as well. I couldn't Stop. message him on there. I couldn't even search him on there. If oh, I searched his name gosh. on Google, his LinkedIn profile was visible, so it right. still existed. Right. But if I was within LinkedIn, 
I couldn't access it because he had me blocked. So he really thought this through. He completely blocked any access that I might have to him. Yeah. He immediately, did he do it that night, I wonder? Did he wake up in the morning next to his wife and say, oh, better block I'm sure he did. He had some time. crazy. Because he had about an hour plus, a little over an hour drive home. So I'm sure during (laughs) that time, he, I I suspect, and I'll never know for sure, but I suspect that he was in trouble with his wife. Uh Uh-huh. And that he was hiding all traces of me before right. he got home. Do you also wonder if he had done this already before? Oh, I'm sure I'm not the first. I'm certain. Because he shared about women he has dated with since uh, his quote unquote oh, you're kidding. Um, separation. Oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. so I know he has dated other women. Okay. Um, wow. And all under this pretense of he's getting divorced. So, and so you haven't heard from him since? Not a peep. But I did Google him, um, and I was able to look at... I'm not Facebook friends with her, but I was able to look at his wife's Facebook page. And all it shows me, because we're not friends, is her profile pictures, like right. the different ones. Right. And, of course, there they are. Little happy, selfie. Yes. Happy couple like, selfie. Little, two little together. Yeah. Crowns. Wow. So um, that was really. And so then at that point, I did some other digging. I looked in court records to try and find divorce records just to make sure, like to do all my due diligence right. and make sure. Wow. But it was really clear that he, no one had ever filed divorce in that situation. Unbelievable. And so, yeah, twice now, I've just been completely duped. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to say to that. Because, again, like you and I have talked about, you see these movies, you read these books, but I've not experienced that. And I just think, how can that happen? And yet, you, who are so savvy, so intelligent, and not 100% trusting, I mean, you have your cynicism around it. I'm careful. You're, yes, and you've, and you've also expressed that, you know, it takes a... A while for you to fully trust. Yes, I never just lead with no, my you, my deepest darkest secrets. No. I definitely get an emotional investment, but I don't right. really reveal my my heart to someone until I have a, a solid sense of trust. Right. So, would you say in either of these situations that you let yourself completely fall deeply? I think with the second one, I think with the skipper, I was. <laughs> really close to that early on right um because he was he was it would have been reciprocating kind of like with florida guy it would have been reciprocating the way that he was um relating to me the way he was opening up and sharing with me but then we had like this little hiccup early on which was the first kind of big red flag Mm. um but he had a believable enough story right after that that i I, that's when I started letting my gut hang out outside while the rest of me proceeded. But at that point, I kind of pulled back a little from an emotional investment standpoint um, because I was like, let me just see how this plays out. And I think that was my gut trying to influence my heart and my brain a little saying, hey, I think the gut had a back door to my brain and my heart saying, let's just, let's just hold off a little bit. So, yeah. So it's interesting because I... You know, as I do, I've done quite a bit of research on men and cheating, etc. And this is interesting. I found that 
men are more than twice as likely to be serial cheaters. Really? Whereas women will cheat once, and I guess what, then learn their lesson or something. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, however, the funny thing is, I also found that infidelity for both genders increases in middle age. Mm. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Right. That Which, doesn't surprise me at all. You know, it, me either. I, but I think it will surprise a lot of people. Um, here's, here's something that I found interest. Like, I don't know, just kind of blew my mind. Um, apparently adults between the ages of 18 and 29 women are more likely to cheat. Oh, the younger adults. The younger adults. However, (laughs) men quickly take over. Right. I mean, it's like this funny thing. Like, I was looking at this chart, and it's like women are much higher in that younger age group, and then they kind of level off, and then men just increasingly, like, exponentially go higher than women. Um, And this was hilarious, I thought. By the time they're in their 80s, 24% 24% of men are cheating versus 6% of women. So I'm just, I mean, I don't know what you can take away from that, except that, I don't know, when, like... I wish we had our friend, <laughs> Dr. Frogmacher here, because he has the best story about people later in life and yeah. infidelity. Well, I think we're going to have Dr. Frogmacher on at another time. But yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. Like, men in their 80s are still going for it. And yet, at that point, do you I, almost kind of root for him? I do. I'm kind of like, you go, dudes. It's like, terrible. I want them to cheat. It's terrible. Like, I know, I know. But I was like, that's cool. I mean, no. But there's something sort cheating. of charming about that. And I, I don't know, know why that is. What's wrong with this? What's wrong with <laughs> So, but Dan, you had a different experience. So we kind of talked about mine and, and this level of deception and, and lying, Hmm. um, that happened with me, but your experience is different. So share with us, please, what you went through. So it's interesting because again, I've not had the experience of a married man who comes to me and pretends like he's not married. Um, what I have had is actually the opposite experience of that. Um, in that I've had many, and I, it sounds weird when I say that, but it's true, several married men approach me who I absolutely knew were married. And, and Jackie and I will talk about one aspect of that later on because we have some similarities. But the one experience that I have had, um, and you know, judge me if you will, but I'm going to be totally honest about this. Thank you for that because that's the hard part. Yeah, this is, this is. I'm definitely not ashamed of the story, but I think in some circles I would perhaps be looked down upon for this, but I'm just going to share it anyway. Just be you. Um, After my divorce, I was going through a period where I knew I was not ready for a relationship. I knew I wasn't ready for anything long term, but to be honest, I had physical needs and, (laughs) (laughs) you know... I am a woman who enjoys the physical aspect of a relationship, and I'm not ashamed of that. And I remember having a, a little moment with myself where I thought, well, what am I going to do about this? I would like to have physical relations with someone. I'm not ready for a relationship. Um, I don't know how this is going to go down. But somehow, I don't know. somehow the universe hears you and says here you go Dion and it came in the form of 
one of my medical professionals. I will just say that. A medical provider, you know. I'm going to call medical provider. I'm going to call him Dr. Feelgood. And uh, one day I was at my appointment and I don't know, it was it was interesting because I had always found him attractive, but because he's my medical provider, I'm not putting that energy out there. He's Right, cuz you have a professional putting, relationship. Correct. Yeah. He's not putting the energy out there either. And um it was interesting because he knew somehow through the grapevine that I was no longer with my husband. And the energy got a little different that day. And I don't know how to describe it, except that if you can feel that coming from someone, I did. And, and most of us probably know what you're talking about. Yeah, There's a shift in the energy. There was a shift. And I wasn't hating it, but I also knew that he was married with a family, so I wasn't going to go there. But it's flattering, especially when it's someone so that you that you find attractive. And and because he was so serious and he was my medical provider, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, right? Um, anyway, I was a massage therapist, and he had come to see me a couple times for a massage, so... He was texting me about an appointment, and then he just randomly said, do you want to go out for a drink? And I was taken aback, and I texted him back, and I said, you're married with a family. I'm not sure what you want from me, but I think this conversation needs to be done. And he wrote back and said, well, we have an agreement. Now. Okay. For real. For real. He, okay, this isn't like a weird ends with someone's bunny boiling kind of agreement. <laughs> well, that's what I, at first I thought, okay, hold on, hold on. Like I had to wrap my head around this because like you in your situation where you see these Lifetime movies about married men lying, I see Lifetime movies about quote open relationships or quote um, what's ethical non-monogamy. But I was like, bullshit, this doesn't actually happen like this. So we went back and forth and I said, I don't, basically I was like, I'm unsure. And he said, trust me, I will explain this to you. So I thought, well, what's the worst that can happen? He can explain it to me. I can say you're lying or not. And we can go from there. So we got together and he told me his story. And that was, that was the truth that they, she had been pushing an open relationship. He was not on board with it, but Essentially, to keep her happy because he loved her. This is so weird. This sounds so strange. As I'm telling this story, I'm like, is this for real? No, this is for real. Um, She had kind of started seeing someone else, and she essentially said to him, you need to find someone as well. Okay. Now, I've heard of other people. Like, I know of some people who have similar understandings, and it doesn't, for me, that feels weird. Mm -hmm. It felt extremely weird for me. So, but obviously you got over the hump, so to speak. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got over the hump because, you know. I, he's attractive. I, he's your doctor. He's... I knew what I was looking for. And it wasn't a full-blown relationship. And I thought. It, so what he had to offer was in alignment with what you needed at the time. Were looking for at that moment. Okay. Now, I actually ended up meeting with his wife oh my goodness and him nah uh oh yeah see that's a really grown-up way of responding to things oh, nah uh <laughs> that literally was in my head the whole night nah 
Okay, okay. This is a really how drunk did you get before that meeting? (laughs) You know, I showed up sober. I I, I was totally sober. Oh my god! I, I know. I was. I felt like I was in a really weird sitcom. Like, where someone's going to jump on and go, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like an HBO sitcom or, like, Cinemax. And we sat there at a table together, and he was between us, and we talked about what this would look like and the rules of it. And let me tell you, my super ultra-conservative Christian background mind was being blown. I was like, how did this happen? But it did, and I just have to say it was a really good thing for, like, a month. Okay, so it went on for a it month. It went on for like a month. And, and then what great. What made it end? How did it come to an end? Well, to be honest, um, <laughs> I, I, despite my best intentions, I actually ended up meeting somebody that I really knew that I could have feelings for that maybe could go somewhere You had else. more of an emotional connection to. And I also knew that with Dr. Feelgood, it was never going to go anywhere. Because mm-hmm. he was married, he had children. He wasn't looking to leave that situation, nor was I looking ever to break up break a marriage. It up. No, yeah. that wasn't my goal. And so it's funny because I, I think sometimes about timing. And I think, hmm, this is a person that had I met him a few years later, um, had we been in different situations, he would have been someone that I probably could have had a relationship with. Um, I really respected him. He was kind, intelligent, caring. And by the way, he decided that he no longer, after he and I split up or stopped hanging out, I think he realized, it, it helped him realize that he was a monogamous guy. He did not want that type of relationship. Um, and so they since have, have divorced. Now, since they divorced, did you and this guy ever no. reconvene or revisit that, the idea of dating? We know we are our friends and funny enough I continued to go see him. Use his professional services. His- which sounds way dirtier than I think it is. Right. Um I did continue to use his professional services. I respect him highly as a person and as a professional. And I want only the best for him. But that just never we never ended up so having your time else. together it served its purpose. Purely physical. And it drew to a mm-hmm. conclusion. Mm-hmm. And that and I was. I think it worked for him because it kind of, it, this sounds really strange. Being with me got his wife off his back. Isn't that bizarre? Way to go, D. I, I... <laughs> Well done. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I saved a marriage for the time being. But whatever issues they had, I'm not sure that I'm a believer in the whole ethical non monogamy bullshit. I mean, I shouldn't say bullshit. It works for some people. I just feel like. There always comes a time when one or the other is not going to be satisfied with that arrangement anymore. And I think he was not satisfied with that arrangement. So it came to an end. And by that time, I had completely moved on. And I was, but we're still friends. And I respect him 100% to this day. And again, I feel like, you know, if it had been a different time and place, we probably could have made a good couple. But it wasn't that time and place. It was just, it was what we both need at the time. But see, what I love about this story <laughs> and, and what I love about how different it is than my stories is that you have a big smile on your face when mm-hmm. you're talking about mm-hmm. it. So it's clearly that it left you with a really positive feeling. And it, I think that that's good. good. It's funny. Um, yeah. I have nothing but respect for him. Mm-hmm. And 
I know there are people out there who will judge this and say that's wrong. I guess that's not my experience. I felt like it was what I needed at the time to kind of get me through and it was wonderful. Like I got to know someone who is a really good person and I wish him the best. And yeah, I am. And it sounds like you did it in as it. as much of an above board <laughs> way as you can engage yes. in a relationship yes. like that. I mean, in in the fact that you had the meeting with him and his wife yeah. and I mean, clearly everyone was aware and invested in an yes. agreement on yes. it. So it's not like you were sneaking around behind somebody's back or anything like that. Not at all. And and I will say the one really awkward moment was after our little, I was going to say tet a tet, but it was like tet a tet a tet because there were three of us, you know. Head, That's head, a lot head, of tets. <laughs> That's one tet too many. <laughs> after that, um, we were all getting up because I was leaving and she literally said, okay, I'm going to let the two of you say goodbye. And she left the room, and it was so weird because I because like, you're like trying to kiss some guy goodbye after his wife just walked out of the room, and he she knows you guys are standing there making out. Yes. Did you just like shake his hand and be like, "See ya, see ya"? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm just gonna let that one go. I oh my goodness. Yeah, it was so awkward. Um, I just remember looking at him and, and being like, "Are you effing kidding me? Like this is crazy." But it worked. So there you go. There's my married man story. So again. Like you said, very different. Um, I'm not ashamed. I'm not. I'm a little embarrassed just because I know I'm listening. But I think I think I'm. But Carol with a K, (laughs) you know that Dion leads with a wonderful heart, and that she's only (laughs) acting in love. I am sometimes love for myself, which isn't a bad thing. No, it's an important thing. I know. I feel like we are. You and I kind of have this similar idea that we. We do what's best for us, not at the expense of anyone else, right? but we love ourselves and we know what works for us. And this situation obviously would not work for a lot of people, but it worked for me at the time. And it wouldn't maybe work for you now, but in the moment it was the right, Right. it was a not, maybe not the right, but it was a good situation for you in (laughs) the moment. It was really positive. I don't want to, I don't want to pass judgment right or wrong on that. Exactly. But I don't, I. This isn't about morality. No, in my mind. it's just about what happened. Right. So speaking of things that happened, yes. we both have some some very similar experiences. Mm. Um, and actually, I'm going to share just for a second about Please. what what mine was like because it's very mirrors what another mutual friend of ours um, oh. shared with me. And okay. I'm not going to draw any names into this because no. I don't want to um, I don't want to out anybody. But situations where Similar to yours, where men we know are married, men that we know, yes, married men that we know, correct, um, reach out in the hey, hey, how you doing, what you wearing, kind right. of way. I saw your pictures. You're looking really good. You're super. Or I fit. saw you at this it's um, event, and you're looking mm-hmm. good. Or what are you doing? Right. Or you know, and so in my case. The person that this has happened with was someone I knew right after his divorce Mm -hmm. who started a relationship with someone else. And when they were just dating, he caught me at a weak moment and, and we did spend some time together. Well, I knew he had a girlfriend, but it wasn't anything super serious. Then when... 
he made plans to move the girlfriend in with him and continued to reach out to me and suggest Mm. that we should spend some time together. I started saying, hey, look, you're you're clearly getting serious with this person and... I'm not comfortable doing that. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be involved. But still, tried to maintain a friendship with him. Right. And then he got engaged to that woman, and I still, still, yeah. And and I have to be really careful here because I don't want to out anybody. Right. But it continued. I'll just say without going into any further detail, it continued beyond their first wedding anniversary. Oh. And then at that point, I just blocked that person right. so he is blocked on my phone he is blocked now on my laptop because i didn't know when you block texts on the phone if if you have the macbook that it'll oh. so and and he's blocked on social media so and you don't see him in any no i never see him okay. i actually go to great lengths to avoid any situation where i might have to see him right do you still have mutual friends mm-hmm. okay. we do um but it's less of an issue now okay. um, and again if i give anything else away it'll become too okay. much information but I, I won't I won't ever see him again. It's just intriguing to me that he would even bother to get married. I mean, what is his thing? That, and this is, I think, what you and I have talked about is there's this whole category, camp, shall we say, of men or people. I, I just want to say people, but in our experience, men who are married, happily married, I think, maybe mm-hmm. have children, have families, don't want to leave any of that, but still want to have a little something on the side. And I do think he's very much in love with right. his wife. Um, and I know that she's very much in love with him. Okay. Um, well, what do you think it's about, though? I, I, I think, and, and I did, like you, I did a little digging around okay. on, on the internet where all the good information is. <laughs> the interwebs. But I did a little digging around on this topic in preparation for today. And, you know, the, the internet confirmed what you and I have talked about, mm. which is a lot of these people are... A lot of people who do this, whether it's a man or a woman, right. um, are doing it to boost their sense of self-esteem. It's a little ego boost. And it's kind of to confirm that, hey, I am still an attractive person. And do you also think it's to rejuvenate that sense of novelty that they had in the beginning with their partner? Because I see a lot of, like the ones that, okay, so I've had some situations that men have reached out to me, college friends, high school friends, um, People that I literally haven't seen for 20 years are reaching out to me sometimes on Facebook or um, Instagram, just being, you know, saying, oh, hey, how's it going? I'm going to be in your town. Do you want to hang out for the weekend? And I, there's more, it's more than just let's catch up. Like there's a vibe. Oh, for sure. And so I think, all right, I know you're happily married. I know you love your wife and children. I know that you're not leaving that, and I don't want you to leave that. But I wonder, is it just because, okay, things are getting kind of tired, they're kind of old, and I just want to see what else is out there? So that could be, and and obviously all we can do is speculate as to that. Um, One of the things that I learned in my little bit of research is that a lot of times it's more related to the fact that the person isn't feeling desired by their spouse. Right. So if and, if yeah. they have a really hyperactive libido. Sound. Oh, my watch is going <laughs> to chime in. She Siri had some thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. But but I think that if they're feeling not so desired at home right. and they need that for their own sense of self or their own sense of ego. Right. 
um, that's often the trigger to send people out. So do you think that it's almost easier, instead of working on what they have and trying to recreate the magic or the romance or the novelty in that relationship, it's easier to reach out to someone else to get that? I almost wonder, like... And this is just, this thought just occurred to me. So pardon my um, armchair psychiatry here or therapy here. But I almost wonder if it's such, like, I know that I have moments of low self-esteem, low ego, whatever, and I'm not proud of them. So I do try to hide that from the people who I, who, I don't always share that with people who I should. And I would hide that. So it would make sense that you would maybe want to keep that from the people that you are closest to and then go find someone that you're not super close to to fill that to ego bolster, void. To bolster you. To, to fill that, that yeah. sort of hole in sure. you so that you feel like a more whole person for the people you are close to. But that's super speculative and I don't know. Okay. Okay. But you've been honest. So I'll, I'll be honest. And I will say um, there have been many moments in my life where for whatever reason, in my marriage or in long-term relationships where I'm just not feeling validated. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes nice when somebody outside the relationship notices you in a certain way, notices that you're attractive, notices that you're smart, whatever it is, and gives you a little validation, a little compliment. Well, and that goes back to even like, because one of the things that I looked up particular to circumstances that I've experienced where like the skipper was on, he was online Uh, looking for a relationship, Mm. representing himself Mm. as divorced Mm. to find someone. And and I thought, why is he doing that? And, um, what they said there, you've heard the 80, 20 rule and it's used in business a lot. But in this case, the Washington post, I read an article Uh that they posted that talked about this 80, 20 rule. And it said for a lot of people, they find a marriage that fills 80% of their need. And so then they go outside the marriage to fill the other 20. And is it usually physical or Um, that's what they're saying? So their ideal relationship, their marriage will account for 80% of their ideal relationship. Mm. And so then they'll go looking for the other 20 in a, external source and so that could be both genders right I, mean, I that think that's 100 percent. Okay. yeah that could be anyone and I understand that I mean I've probably been very guilty of that myself so I mean there's lots of reasons why it could happen right. it's just interesting because I've had situations where again that's happened and I I feel terrible like as the quote other woman and I'm not because I'm not engaging in that but it's it's odd and it's awkward when someone reaches out to you and starts complimenting you. And like, okay, I'm not going to lie. It feels really good. Of course it does. Oh, you look amazing. Wow, you've hardly aged. And I'm like, yeah, keep it going. And then I'm like, oh, no, you have a wife. You have a family. And it makes me feel terrible. And so I try to shut it down. And then, like you said earlier, oh, well, I'll just be his friend. But then... As you are continuing to be their friend, are you then continuing to encourage that? And that's where I, that's the point that I I reached with the person that I was in this situation with because Mm -hmm. we had started as friends Mm -hmm. um, back when both of us were married. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up both being divorced, but then he got into a relationship. And so. But but we also had a friend thing. And honestly, he's a nice guy. He was a great listener when I was having a bad day. 
you know, if he happened to reach out, he had this like spidey sense. He could tell when I needed <laughs> right. a little attention right. and I wouldn't hear from him. And then all of a sudden from another state, I would get a text message. Hey, how are you doing? I swear. I swear they know somehow. It's they when have these spidey senses. Right. It's like you're just, you're kind of at a low or maybe you're not getting along with your partner. And all of a sudden there's a message from this person. Right. Validating you, making you feel good about yourself. Now, yeah. On the one hand, it's nice. On the other hand, you don't want to encourage it, and you don't want to keep it going, and you certainly don't want to take it to the next level. And with him, at the time that he first initiated all of this, I was in a very low point in my life. I'd had my heart absolutely broken by someone, oh. and he was really saying all these really wonderful things that made me feel good, and I yes. needed that, and yes. it was really hard to walk away from that when yes. it was filling a, a need that I had. Um, but then once I got a little bit stronger and then his relationship progressed, I was like, and I kept telling him, I need you not to do this. I need you not to. Okay. And he just couldn't respect that. And it got to a point where I'm like, we're not really friends because a friend would respect me when I said, I need you not to do this. And he couldn't stop right. himself. Right. So I just was like, that, that's it. And I... Good for you. And I dropped the hammer and said, we're done. Well, and that must have been difficult on many levels for you because you were friends with him. You did like him. You did respect him. And at the same time, you had a lot of strength to say this isn't okay anymore. Well, and it became hard because, A, it was hard for two reasons. A, I definitely missed the... The, the attention, the attention. Oh, I'm I'm willing to say the attention felt nice. Yeah. So I do miss having that attention to fall back on when mm. I'm feeling low in other mm-hmm. areas. Um, I also have made the choice then to avoid certain social situations where I know I'm going to have to right. see him. Um, so I'm missing out on some stuff that way as right. well. But that's okay. That's a choice that I've made mm-hmm. to maintain my boundaries. Right. So. Um, yeah. No, that all makes sense. Um, so one thing that I would love to share, we're kind of going, this is the longest podcast we've ever done. Is it? Yes. Oh my goodness. We're just going. I hope you guys aren't bored, but this is exciting. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. (laughs) Um, so some things that I did learn things to look for, because one of the things that I really wanted to use this episode as a platform for myself really to evolve and to learn and to grow, um, and that's what I love about this, honestly, mm-hmm. Dion, that we're doing this because I'm, I feel like I'm getting to know myself Aww. better through this process. Nice. And you better. I know. And you better. And I love you. I love you too. So, um, some, some things that I wanted to really understand is why am I this victim? Because like you pointed out, I'm not a dummy. I'm, you know, I'm a funny, I'm a, I'm, I, I She's feel really, like. You're really smart. Thank you. I feel like I'm a, a catch in a way. And so. I don't understand why these, these, particularly when we talk about Florida guy and the skipper, you know, why me? Why, how did they find me? What was it about me that made them think I would be a good, I don't want to say target because no. that just sounds a little more malicious than I think it was. But what is it about me that, that drew me to them for, to fill this purpose of theirs? And so I did some research around that and so the Washington Post article I read suggested that I might be sending out a message of being needy or desperate um, or insecure. And okay. so I feel like that might be helpful to other women to understand that. I don't know how it is exactly that that vibe is coming off. But then if a guy states away can tell that I'm needing a boost Wait, and text hold on, me. hold on. I'm not invalidating your perspective but I 
want to give you a different perspective because I don't know how you're coming across to men, but how you come across to me and what would make me attracted to you is your openness, your open heartedness. You have this sense of emotional openness to you. And maybe that makes you vulnerable because maybe that that's what makes you beautiful, but it also could make you vulnerable to these men. Thank you for that. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But it was something that they said is okay. if you're giving off this vibe. I get that. I, I so, that. So then I'm like, okay, how do I not seem needy and desperate <laughs> without seeming like a total, like there's a, it's a balancing act, right? Yeah. Like how do you, how do you not be needy and desperate, but also how do you be open and vulnerable? And maybe I'll never walk that line perfectly. I guess I just don't, I, I don't see you as being vulnerable. Well, thank you. I, I just don't see that in you. Thank you. But some red flags. So here's what I'm going to leave okay. leave our audience with in terms of things to look out for. So if you're out there in the dating pool, um, I have a couple of friends who are just going through divorces, and I'm really sorry that you guys are going through that. And as you enter the dating pool, um, some things to look out for, um, smooth talkers who say all <laughs> the right things. If he has... <laughs> If he is saying, like, and I can't, the skipper, oh my gosh, the stuff, I could show you the text messages mm-hmm. of, you're so smart, and you're beautiful, and I'm attracted to you, and you're intelligent, and like, Essentially all and the funny, and like, any woman wants Yes, to like super smooth. Because, because you don't just want to hear about how beautiful you are. I mean, am I right? Yeah. You I mean, want to hear about how smart you are, and how funny you are, and how resourceful, right. and how you can take care of yourself, and how independent, all those good things. So if they're saying all of that, and then the other the other um, indicator that was was mentioned was people who move too quickly and who are too easily enthralled. Yes, I'm a human. You're a human. We're all humans. We all have flaws and whatever. And if a man that you've just met is so enthralled that he's not willing to see those, that's a little bit of a red flag. Um, So you'd rather someone go in a little bit more slowly and get to know you. And and I will say that. On my first date with my boyfriend, literally the first thing, one of the first things he asked me was, so what are the things about you that aren't so great? (laughs) And I was like, wow. And at first I thought that's a weird question, but I decided this is good. Yeah, that's great, actually. We'd both been married and divorced and he was like, let's cut to the chase. Tell me the things about you that aren't great. I was like, oh, okay. And then I asked him the same thing. The funny thing is, the thing he said to me, <laughs> I was like, no, uh. And now I'm like, oh, oh the yeah. super re- responsible adult response to things is, <laughs> nah, uh. Nah, you're not like that. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, anyway, but I was glad we had that conversation. So, no, I hear you. Go on. Well, and one of the things that they say is that, and this is going back to the Washington Post article I read was that married men like the thrill of the chase of someone new, but they lack empathy. So that makes sense. So when we talk about Florida guy, the narcissist, he had no empathy for me. He was just all about himself. He wanted to fill that gap within himself. So yeah, he He had those empathy places that you were filling. So for those of you who, like me, sometimes are on um, doing online dating, here are some things that I got as... Red flags, things to look for. This came from an MSNBC survey, um, and it said that up to 30% of men using online dating sites are married. Shut 
Now, I have seen several who are open about it, who well, say, say I'm in an ethically non-monogamous, non-monogamous yeah, relationship. Yeah. Okay. So that 30%, I think, includes those. But there's a lot of men. So things to look out for. If you get a message, and I've gotten these, no. that say, hey, I'm just about to delete my profile, but I saw you and I'm super attracted to you. And, and so can we exchange information <gasps> real quick? I got one of those. Yeah. So a lot of times men who are on and off dating sites... Oh. Are um, hiding it from from someone else. Oh, I did not know. If they're that. super like uber confident, uber charming, yeah, um, that's something to think about. Um, and again, if they close their profile, uh, they're they do that on and off thing. Yeah. That okay. was when. Okay. Um, if he travels a lot. Oh my goodness. Huh. Oh huh. my Who knew? goodness. When they're trying to control when you guys can talk, so if they have a set time of right. day that they can talk, like on their way to work okay. or whatever, but not when they're at home, uh-huh. that's a good um, indicator. Um, if they won't give you a last name or they give you a phony one, sure. Um, and a lot if they of you guys have fake first names, by the way. Yep. And if they avoid any conversation about themselves and won't let you meet their friends and family, mm. then those are. Not all, it's not a hard and fast rule, but those are some things to just have in the back of your mm-hmm. mind as potential alarm bells. And then at the end of the day, like we've talked about, you got to pay attention to your gut. I didn't Listen do it this last gut. time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know you have an extremely strong sense of intuition, as do I. Yeah. Um, so next time you'll know. Now just I know that gut. my gut is down there screaming at me <laughs> for a reason. That gut needs to override your head, your heart, and your vagina. It's so hard though when like two or three are in alignment and the fourth one is like, you're fools, you're all fools. It's so hard, but I think that that was, I think that was my lesson in all of it was that I really do need to trust my intuition and trust my gut more. Okay. And again, we are pro-marriage. We are pro-married guys. There are so many amazing married men out there. We just have had interesting experiences with some of them who maybe aren't as amazing. Except for you, Dr. Feelgood, you're amazing. But other than that. Yeah, Florida guy and the skipper, you guys can go pound sound. But um, I loved this topic, and I know it's been long, but I think we had a lot to talk about here today. Mm-hmm. Um, Clearly. <laughs> and, and I think that there are, I know for a fact, actually I'm not even going to say I think, I know from conversations I've had with friends of mine, other women I know who are in the dating pool, um, that we are not alone in our experiences. Right. If you guys have information to share with us on this or thoughts or feedback. We want to know. And if we've said something in this conversation that bothers or offends any of you. We want to know. Please tell us because we can't make it right if we don't know. Mm-hmm. And then we just want to tell you about our next podcast. Our next podcast, which is going to be just in time for Halloween. Yes. So we, since we're doing this about two a month right now, um, our next one will be um, bef- before Halloween. Ghosting. So we're going to talk about, we want to know your ghost, ghost stories. stories. So... Ghosting is a thing. It happens. It's happened to me. I'm not proud to say I've done it. I have not. He's a braver than I am. But um, we want to hear from you. So please find our Facebook page, find our Twitter, find our Instagram. And the Beat Goes On show. Yes. And tell us your stories. Have you been ghosted? By who? Why? What have were the you circumstances? Ghosted? Have you ever ghosted? And why would you do that? And yeah, we want to hear the stories. So we're going to do a very Halloween themed um, (laughs) 
fifth, fourth, fourth Four. podcast. <laughs> I have a hard time counting. So we're going to have a very um, Halloween-themed fourth podcast. So please do share with us your stories. And, and again, if you don't want to put it on our our um, Facebook or whatever, feel free to reach out privately Message to either us. Dion yeah. Dion McDonald or Jackie Trammell. Um, and we would be happy to, to keep your story anonymous and share it if you feel like it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and so thank you all. Here is to um, more countries. Wait, hold on. I know. We're going to toast, gonna, but on. I we're, my we're glass was empty. a little bit more okay. of our sparkling, and we're going to toast. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us. We're having so much fun, and we're so thankful for all the positive feedback. We're really thankful, and we are just so grateful to be able to do this. So yes, thanks, guys. This is fun. You guys have, have a great night. <laughs> we know we will. All right. Bye. bye.